world. And he stood in front of a bomb and let it explode in his face. What Batman like, has impressed you? Well, first of all, I saw Ben Affleck punch a man into the floor. That was impressive. <laughs> Touche. Yo, what's up? This is Marcus Lindsay. Hey, it's Mia. And Yannick. It's BJ. And you're listening to the Better Movie Maybe podcast. On this show, we review films based on their ideas, their concepts. We take a look and decide if those ideas, if those concepts stuck the landing, if the execution was as good as what we thought those ideas would be. So this episode, we are reviewing 2022's The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, and Colin Farrell. I'm going to throw Jeffrey Wright in there as well for the culture. Um, so this movie is actually currently streaming right now on HBO Max, so check it out. And because we had a big-time blockbuster movie, we had to bring on a big-time guest. This is a big-time guest back from season one. He was in the not one, but two Justice League episodes because the movie was so big, we needed him there. So we're bringing back to the show Bradford Wise. Brad, how's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well, and it's, it's going very well considering company that I'm able to share this fine evening and and we're going to go through a movie that was was much anticipated and I know that you know a lot of your your millions of viewers have anticipated me coming back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once again and um, I'm ready to give the people what they're looking for you know I think they're looking for some of the same energy that I brought last time, it's going to be a little bit different, I think, um, just because I'm coming from a different place. Last time I felt like I had to stand up for someone that was being thrown under the bus. I, I don't, I don't want to be too, I don't want to be, I don't want to you know, throw too much hyperbole on it. But today, I think it's going to be a lot of the same energy, but I, I'm coming from a different place and I just want to warn your, your listeners that this is going to be a, this is going to be a ride. And just some of the energy that I've gotten from these, I want everybody to know that I went to school with all the people on these, this call. And so if it gets a little feisty, no, it's all in love. And it comes from a place of, you know, a desire to give you guys what you came to see, which is some entertainment, and some some substance and some value and i'm i'm here i'm ready i'm ready to have some fun with this so um buckle your seats <laughs> the popcorn and um let's do it let's do it back let's do it we love you too <laughs> <laughs> running up the chimney for all the smoke i like it so <laughs> So here, a better movie. Let's start off with um, some summaries. We'll start off with summaries, then we'll get into no spoilers, uh, first impressions. Uh, after this, we hop into spoilers. We walk through the entire movie. So if you are interested in watching The Batman without the spoilers, definitely stop after the first impressions, but make sure you come back to hear the rest of the discussion and join in. So if you were to summarize The Batman, 2022 is The Batman in a sentence or two, Let's say you're pitching it at somebody that may or may not be interested in it. How do you sum up the Batman? That's for me, Marcus. Yeah, it's a round table. I'm tossing it up. Okay. Go for it. All right, because I, I didn't want to jump in. I think I was very aggressive last time. I'm trying to 
<laughs> played a little bit more cool this this time, even though I'm yes, I'm so you. excited. Do you? Um, so here's what I would say. I would say that this was a good movie. Mm-hmm. I would say that it was a mediocre Batman movie, at best. Right. I feel like that was like the sentence. So that was solid. So Batman and Catwoman team up to fight the mob and stop the river. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would say a broody billionaire finds a pastime that's kind of unconventional. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'd say a, a reclusive rich guy gets his kicks off of scaring the poor, and he likes black women as well. That last part, I. <laughs> BJ Taylor never disappoints. I love him for that. And, uh, by the way, <laughs> I love right. him for that. So let's do because I like just from hearing the summaries. I feel like we definitely have some different opinions on this one. So <laughs> let's hop into uh, let's hop into first impressions. You guys have seen the Batman. What'd you think? Do you recommend it? Let's get into it for a little bit. I've seen it five times. Just five. Yeah, I thought you were a fan. <laughs> Five times in theaters. It's it's definitely. I would have to sit and, and do a uh, an inventory, but it's most likely one of my most favorite superhero movies. It's definitely one of my favorite movies. It kind of does everything that I like to see in film in general. Hard noir, very smart film. Batman's in it. Um, and then, you know, uh, having a, a gimp uh, Riddler was also <laughs> a lot of fun for me. I think one of my favorite moments is when he's getting handcuffed. Oh, we'll get into it later. I, so, in all real, in like, it's a long movie. And if you don't like detective films, I wouldn't suggest it. Um, if you prefer corny Batman movies, um, I wouldn't suggest it. But yeah, if you like if you like a good detective movie, I'd suggest it. I recommend this film. It is long. It is a slow burn, but I think from a just the filming standpoint, it's like masterfully made. It's very beautiful, compositionally, lighting the colors, the uh, the acting is is very good. I think Robert Pattinson is a brilliant actor, and I think what he did um, is he made he introduced a Batman that we've never seen before which I think is important when you've rebooted something so many times. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just a, a great film. Highly recommend it. Uh, 
Oh, I'll hop in. Um, I think for this movie, especially on the second watch, the second watch, I really didn't enjoy it as much. Um, I think uh, it's, for me, it's a, it's, it's a recommend. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just don't think it was a great movie. Uh, I think there are a lot of elements in it that were great, like that were like nice. I think the performances, fantastic. The way Gotham City looked, I thought that was great. That was a really dope Gotham City. It was always nighttime. It reminded me of the Gotham from the animated series where the sky was like orange, where you're just like, it might be daytime, it might be nighttime, and it could also be the 50s for some reason. But <laughs> um, it's just this weird, you know, timeless Gotham City. Like even in this one, they didn't use mm -hmm. a lot of different tech and things where it, to me, it makes it so you're like, all right, it's not like 2022 Gotham. It's just some just Gotham like that's not important so I, I thought that was fine but on the other end I think it was long and I know like the term like slow burn is thrown around where you're like oh it's, it's kind of a slow you get into it and it's whatever there were a lot of moments that are like this seems like padding it seems like this is going on for a while and it doesn't need to there's some elements that I don't think made the story any stronger being in the movie to me it just kind of made me go like all right next and I think watching it the first time I was just like all right I'm gonna keep going but watching it the second time I was like uh skip and uh skip this and this is silly and I don't like uh bat shadow around his eyes I just don't like it I know it's it's there practically and it makes sense but I was like edit it out I don't need to see you walk around like that um it's kind of weird but I get the point so I think there's some some choices there and we'll get into it. I thought the the first time I saw the action, I thought the action was good. Watching it again, I was like, mm, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll get into it some more. For me, it's it's still a recommend. I think if you like Batman, you like superhero movies, this is still a solid movie. Um, I just, I can't see myself watching it again. If it wasn't for this show, I don't think I'd watch it the second time like I did. This, this movie to me made me feel like how I would imagine someone would feel during bad sex. <laughs> you're you're kind of, I would imagine it feels like I'm doing something that should be a whole lot of fun, but it's not as fun as I thought it would be. And you keep waiting for it to become much more exciting and thrilling than what it actually ends up being. And another thing that I would like to say is that <laughs> this, this movie, to me, I felt like all of the best moments were in the trailer. And I've had really dark experiences with that. Marcus knows that I've had really bad experiences with that in other movies. So uh, I'd like to give my first Please impression. Um, so I know a lot of you guys listening are like, man, the Batman came to theaters like months ago. Why are we just now talking about it? So the guys waited for me to watch this movie because it just came out on HBO Max a couple weeks ago. And the reason was, is I knew that I wasn't going to spend money to go sit somewhere for three hours have to pay somebody to babysit my children for a movie I wouldn't find enjoyable. 
So I was like, I will do this from the comfort of my home. So would I recommend this movie? Yes. However, you would have had to see it in theaters because the experience at home. So if you haven't seen it yet, don't check it out on HBO Max. It's not going to be a good experience. Um, I'm not going to go as far as to liken it to what Brad was saying, but I don't think it would be a good experience because, and I, I kind of have a problem with directors and editors who purposely make a movie only to be experienced in the theater because I feel like that's an accessibility issue. Not everybody has that access. So I feel like it should be enjoyable both on the big screen and on my laptop. So anyway, the editing with the, the whispering the entire movie, that doesn't work for me. Um, the, the dark shadows, like half the movie, I was like, is Batman in this frame? What am I watching? And then again, the length, you guys know I'm not a fan of movies that are three hours long. It's never justified for me. And like Marcus said, there was some things that could be cleaned up with editing. So I recommend this movie to people who are film um, fans of noir and art and all of that. But for the common viewer, I don't recommend this movie, so. This is going to be exciting and I'm ready. So once again, everybody that is listening so far, if you haven't seen the movie, you've heard the first impressions, the recommends or the soft recommends or the no recommends. Um, But if you want to check this out before listening to us get into the spoiler discussion, now is the time to stop before we get into that. But make sure you come back. So let's hop right into it. Um, let's get into the Batman. Um, what you like, dislike, scenes that worked, themes that were amazing. Um, whoever wants to go, let's hop in. I feel personally attacked and everything that has been said <laughs> is going straight to my head. <laughs> so I will say I loved, I loved the performance of the Riddler. I didn't think anybody would top 95 Jim Carrey Riddler. <laughs> but honestly um Paul Dano is that how you say his name yeah like I really loved his interpretation of the Riddler because he was just unnerving Mm -hmm. and like even in the movie like Batman never encounters him as the Riddler but like you know face to face or anything and he only encounters him as the regular guy I thought that was sinister enough when he was in that um jail cell like i was like wow so i will say that the performances of this movie were good mainly the riddler robert pattinson um yes he's a good actor but i feel like if you watch any of the twilight movies you saw that same performance so whoa whoa you thought edward cullen and bruce wayne were similar it was the same it was the same dead eyes it was the same. <laughs> <Dead eye. laughs> I definitely never saw the Twilight movies. Oh, you're missing out. <laughs> I've, been, I've been single for a very long time, so I haven't had a real reason to watch the Twilight saga. Yeah, no, uh, Paul Dano, um, he's a phenomenal actor in general. And I like, I like that he really thought about this role, like down to the point where like he came up with the idea of wearing um, the saran wrap underneath the mask he was trying to decide if he was going to shave his head or if he was going to wear the saran wrap because he just thought like yeah if i'm going to be out here doing these things and i'm really smart 
there's not going to be any DNA left behind, whatever. Just like, just that level of intentionality. It's like, yeah, like, I like that. I like that a lot. Loved his performance. So I feel like if you think about um, the, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy with, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like something that was said about those movies is that they felt more real, like more realistic. But I feel like this movie was even more grounded and realistic than that one. I, it's, it's such a smart move to make Batman bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Like that, that made it like, cause there, there was scenes in, in the Christopher Nolan one where it's just like, there's no way that those guys didn't get a shot off, you know? So now he's like, he's like w- just walking into gunfire. He's wearing this bulletproof suit. And I feel like that make, that's like more realistic. Like it's, it's easier to, to, to have Batman feel like he can exist in this world like that. Um, the way he fights, you know, like if it was a cartoon, you know, they're gonna be like crazy ninja action, but he was just like with the speed, with the force, you know, it wasn't like super fancy, but everything was clear. You know, the fight scenes were, were filmed well. Um, yeah, the, the dynamic between he and Catwoman, I feel like also kind of made sense. So just about like his his demeanor, like one thing I was, I was saying to Marcus was that there was no Bruce Wayne in this film. Sure. He was he was one character. I feel like typically they'll have, you know, this rich playboy charismatic guy versus the dark brooding, you know, night nighttime man. Um, but this one, he's he's locked in to a single persona, both in suit and out of suit. Um, Mia mentioned his eyes. I think he did a good job with that because in this one, he's always searching. No matter, no matter what he's looking at, he's, he's analyzing constantly through the whole film. You can see it. He's, he's, he's being the detective, you know? So um, yeah, there's a lot of things that I, that I loved about this Batman in this world. Interesting, because some of the stuff that you said you loved, I didn't like. I think bulletproof Batman is silly. Um, like, and, and I'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to that scene, but I think him getting shot takes away from the Batmanness of Batman, where Batman is the guy that is stealthy and avoids stuff and dodges and whatever and uses the shadows. And then like that scene, because I think you're kind of talking about that scene where the muzzle flash scene, which was really dope when he kind of like walks down the hall. Baby, baby, I mean, baby, baby. Yeah, even the and, first one against the clowns. You know, yeah, and I was like, I was like, it looks cool. But to me, I was like, that's not a Batman move. Like, I don't know. I'm thinking like Batman comics or Arkham or whatever. Mm-hmm. He doesn't walk directly into bad guys and get shot on purpose for an intimidation factor. Like it went from Bat- Ninja Batman to what if Batman was the RoboCop? And I was like, nope, I don't so, like yeah. that. <laughs> so for me, it's like, it works in a game, it works in a, in a cartoon. It's, it's, going from, it's going from Ninja Batman to what if Batman actually existed? Like, it, it, like, it's hard to do the real life thing where he's like dodging bullets. You know, like, like, I feel like that's what they try to do with Christopher Nolan. Like, um, 
made made it so that he never had to really face gunfire you know and there's like hand-to-hand combat with cops or, or like hand-to-hand combat in, in in places where like it wouldn't make sense that they're fighting with their hands mm. you know yeah i mean i, I i'm kind of with um i'm kind of with marcus on this one i felt like and i hear what you're saying and i totally agree with your assessment of what we actually saw i definitely think this was further along the realism spectrum than nolan but i think um i think that comes at a cost so one thing i want to talk about is the iconicness i didn't think that a lot of what i was seeing was very iconic and i think when you go super real you tend to lose a lot of what makes a lot of the characters iconic and, I, and I'd be interested, almost everybody on this call is an artist. Um, I'd be interested to get you guys' take on the Riddler's appearance because aesthetically, I wasn't very impressed with the Riddler in terms of how iconic he looked. To me, it, it, he was just totally absent of anything distinguishing or differentiating um, as a villain. And one of the best things about Batman is the colorfulness of his villains. And you see that reflected and some of your more, um, some of your less realistic incarnations, like some of the Tim Burton stuff, a lot of those characters are a lot less realistic, but at the same time, they're a lot more iconic. And I felt like Nolan struck that balance so well. When you go back and you look at the Dark Knight, it's very realistic, but at the same time, Joker is crazy iconic. And you still see some of that nostalgic, aesthetic that's that's um reminiscent of what you would see in the comic books um so i i i thought we went a little bit too far with the realism piece and then i'll briefly i don't want to talk too much um talk about the bullet proof aspect of it i think that because it's year one batman they were able to get away with a little bit of him not being as versed in the stealthiness or as um, adept at um, being as elegant or um, efficient in how he went into combat. Um, but I noticed something at the beginning where Bruce Wayne is kind of narrating. He's like monologuing about how he has to be more efficient about how he goes about addressing crime in the city because he can't be everywhere at once, basically. Mm-hmm which I thought was was nice, but at the same time, I felt like he didn't bring that same type of pragmatism to the way he went about combat scenes. He was literally walking through bullets and it's like, bro, at some point, like, are we gonna try to be efficient? Like, and this is where I go to say like, this was a great, I thought this was a really good film, but a mediocre Batman film because the aesthetic around the whole silhouettes when you were seeing the gunfire and you're just seeing you know kind of the shadow of batman Mm -hmm. contrasted and just juxtaposed against the gunfire shot looks cinematic cinematically it looks beautiful right but when i think about batman even year one batman i think would have a high enough iq to to realize i can't just walk through bullets all night long so that's my take on that. Smoke, 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 smoke. <laughs> I'd like to tap into the ring, if I may. Um, you know, what's interesting, and I, I kind of, like, 
the taste that's coming to my mouth as I'm saying this, it makes me uh, repulsed, but I actually kind of agree to a, to a point. I thought this movie was so good. All right, my, so let me just, let me clear the air here, right? My favorite movies, top three favorite movies all time, and it's tied, so they're all three at the same level. <laughs> okay. This is going to say a lot about okay. me, right? One is Whiplash. Good one. Another is Seven. Another is When Harry Met Sally. Mm -hmm. Top three favorites all time. Mm -hmm. Seven, I watch all three of them several times every year. One, because I, you know, my life is to study story, character, all that stuff. Um, But Seven, this this movie, The Batman to me was like the sequel to Seven that I've been waiting for. Because I've always said with my nerdy self, I felt like Seven was almost a Batman movie because the crimes are so high concept. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have very easily been where Brad Pitt is a year one Batman and, you know, my man's is Commissioner Gordon. This movie, The Batman, I think was so smart and so good. I did find myself asking the question, why the hell does this dude have a cape? I did ask the question because everything else was so well thought out. Like even down to like, I understood the Riddler's choices. Absolutely not iconic. Unfortunately, I do agree with you, Brad. Unfortunately, I do. I do uh, resent that. That's, that's fortunate for me. I love it. But it's also extremely intelligent. It's a very, very smart costume. And of course, it plays off in the final scene when you see all these other fringe individuals that are wearing the costume. It's just like, dang, they could be anybody. Um, similar, like with the bulletproof thing, I, I kind of had to break, like, get into character stuff and ask the question, why wouldn't Bruce Wayne make an Iron Man suit, right? Like if you have Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne, both very rich individuals, one dude's like, yo, I'm never gonna get touched as Iron Man, so let me put this suit of armor or whatever and do my thing. And then Batman in the comics, you know, he's not bulletproof usually. And I think, I think for me, I'm okay with the choices because, I don't, I haven't seen a Batman that has made full sense to me yet. This Batman actually, like I could, I could vibe with it. I'm one of those blasphemers that was never really a fan of Batman 89. Just wasn't. Um, I rewatched it recently and I can appreciate it for its, for its addition to the cinematic library. Um, But beyond that, like I definitely don't like um, the second one. Uh, and then Shoemaker for sure is like, but then Batfleck to me, he almost had it because he he had the size that made sense and he had the moves that made sense, but he was kind of he wasn't very smart. I think same thing with Christian Bale, he used his money as a billionaire really well, but like this dude, like this dude is clearly a tormented individual, and I think you know whether we like him broody or not. If you have a gentleman running around at night in a bat suit, I don't think he's going to be the kind of dude you want to hang around or look, in, look into his eyes. Like, I think, I think that's a dude who, like, he's a little twisted. But then also it's like, yeah, bro, like, why would he not figure out being bulletproof? Like, why would he, why would he try to be running around all the time? One thing I love... Um, is instead of like running and jumping all the damn time, 
he is the knight. So it's like, you don't know when you hear calm boots, if it's just a regular person or if it's the Batman coming out. And like, he's building up that lore where you look in any shadow, you don't know if Batman's in there. And then even when you hear the boots, you have to be like, what the, who's doing that? Like why? It's very Michael Myers. And Michael Myers is scary because that dude just walks. Like to me, it's like he took everything that, yeah, sure, there's the comic book version, whatever, but you know, I don't know if any comic book versions really land very well on screen. And like it just made it really real and believable. Where it's just like, dang, like, I don't know if I would do crime in that city. Because like literally that dude's in the shadows. And like, I don't know. I just it those changes. I feel like they still made sense for a Bruce Wayne to make those choices. Like, I didn't feel like it was a, it was a, uh, a whatchamacall, I can't think of the word, a rejection of the character, i.e. when you have Batflick and he's got a sniper rifle on top of a crane shooting dudes, like that's not Batman. Batman does not kill, right? Like that's like, a sp- like Batman doesn't kill. If anything, what we have established in Batman, comics, cartoons, movies, is he has like a bunch of different suits for different reasons. So why wouldn't he have the bulletproof one? Yeah. I just want to speak to what Yannick had said earlier and about um, this one showcasing the Batman more than Bruce Wayne. That's that's fine, I guess, if this the Batman wasn't the iconic character of Batman and Bruce Wayne. I feel like everyone knows them as two sides of the same coin. And so when the few times he was Bruce Wayne, it was very off-putting to me because I just felt like anybody in town would immediately be like, oh yeah, that weird billionaire, he's definitely Batman. Like he didn't even try, like at the funeral, he's staring at the commissioner like giving off the same weird energy that the Batman would, why wouldn't everybody in town know that that was Batman? I feel like the other Batmans where you you didn't think Bruce Wayne was the Batman because you're like, he's charismatic. He doesn't have the same voice that he's using as his Batman voice. So it was just, I, I see where you're coming from where it was really cool that he was like in character the entire time. It's just a little weird from my worldview because I know Batman as Bruce Wayne that's the same person. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely new. I mean, I do think that they covered that element because when he shows up to the funeral, Falcone is like, whoa, the only other guy that comes out in the light l- less than me. So like, there's kind of this idea of like, if you know who he is, you know who he is. But for the most part, you like, he doesn't really pop out. So I don't know, I feel like sure i mean someone could make that connection which is i thought i did think which was brilliant because riddler like it seemed like like he had to have known like he's the smartest dude in the whole movie he had to have known and then like he didn't so i don't know like i feel like it's one of those things where it's like i don't know if i would assume elon musk was like running around you know at night you know fighting people and dismantling bombs because every time i well and i think elon's a different but yeah, I don't know. I feel like I feel like they did kind of cover that in a nice way. Even having Alfred like almost being mad at him, like, bro, like you gotta keep up appearances. You have to take this meeting. Like you gotta go to the funeral. You need to wear cufflinks. Like he's trying to teach him how to be Bruce Wayne. He's like, No, I don't want to. You're not my dad, it. Alfred. 
<laughs> no, my dad, get out of my bat cave. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I so I think um kind of long the I think we may all agree that the first like 15 minute monologue joint was fire. I don't know. I like that first almost like a comic book. He's narrating, he's doing stuff, you're seeing these scenes, it sets up. He does the whole I am the shadows. Mm-hmm. You see the dudes terrified. I thought that was like, I was like, ooh, this movie does this for this three-hour runtime. I'm in there. And then it kind of tried to keep doing that, but it went somewhere else. And I was kind of like, ah, it wasn't as interesting to me as that beginning. Like the beginning caught me, even from the whole thing with the Riddler, like, you know, being really creepy and staring at this family, which I think they did a good job of. For me, it was almost like a fake out where I was like, is this like a young Batman? And are we doing an origin again? But they get, they kind of gave you this again. And you're like, all right, cool. We're in the Batman universe. You get this real creepy, heavy breathing Riddler. That whole scene was pretty cool. Like all the way up to that um that opening monologue and that entrance. I think after that part for me was when I started to lose interest because in my mind, for some reason, I couldn't get past the fact that this just felt like the Dark Knight remastered where I was just like, you just took a lot of the beats that the Dark Knight did really well. And then you kind of just threw a Riddler on it where as soon as like the first little video where he pops on, he's like Riddler here. And I was just like, mm, Joker did that already. And I liked it better when Joker did it when he's like, I'm a man right. of my word. And I was like, this is, this is that to me. And, and I guess that's kind of just a criticism of the Riddler period is he's always just in my opinion, it's kind of been like this off-brand Joker where I was like, there's the Joker and then the Riddler does kind of the same thing, but he makes more riddles about it, I guess. (laughs) Like, he's just like, here's a card. I'm going to do the same thing that the Joker did where he kind of started killing this political figures. And I was like, this is Dark Knight. Like, he's killing the judge on this case and the this on that. And I was like, this is the Dark Knight. And I know it's a reach, but like, even I know there's not everybody's a fan of 89, but 89 kind of set the same template of you have the Joker pop up. He's this madman. He does stuff behind the scenes and Batman has to solve the crime to fix it. And like, I think in that one, it was more like uh, there was like a chemical thing that was killing people and Batman had to find the clues, put it together, stop people from dying. And then we did it again. And then so this, I, I feel like I was expecting something new to happen with the Riddler. I don't know what new was going to happen with the Riddler, but it just seemed like a similar movie but it was like let's make it darker and grittier and I don't know for me the Nolan one makes sense like I think that's the level where I have to stop with realism because then I start getting to realism and I'm like it's so real that it's stupid so I think after after this scene after like the monologue scene and he sees the signal he goes to meet Gordon there's a scene that I absolutely hate and I hate it throughout the entire movie is when Batman just kicks it with the cops I hate it like he walks through a hallway full of cops and they're just like "Mm, look at that batman hey you're not allowed in here and i was like i don't like this and i think i'm just used to when you're a vigilante you're always having to solve crimes without the help of the police or the police just don't like you they're not going to let you walk in a crime scene batman to me may meet up with gordon and look through the crime scene but he's not going to be standing there while like a forensic guy's taking pictures and he's like oh excuse me and batman's like hmm and backs up and I was like why why are you in here it's bright in here and you look silly now and that that's the thing with the realism to me is like no matter how realistic you make the movie there's a giant dude with a bat suit and he's not addressing that he's a batman <laughs> like he's like I'm vengeance and I was like you're a batman and it's weird 
and everybody's just like oh look at this freak but he can come in the crime scene and walk around i just i did there's several scenes where he was like kicking it with the police and i was like no what's a what's a movie that you think does the balance of bringing bringing a comic book character to life but in a way where it makes sense in the universe and it ties together as a good movie but like what do you think does i think spider-man does it like which one as far as like does it good that does it good where it's like a balance of like it's like we can watch the whole movie and we go back and we're like yeah i keep watching this I like it. It's I good. think I think Spider Man Two hits it where it's okay. it's got crazy scenes. He's wearing a bright red and red and blue suit. They're getting cars thrown at him. He's chasing a guy that's actually climbing up the climbing up the building with octopus tentacles, and he mm-hmm. has sacks of money with dollar bill signs on him. Like it's it's as cartoony as it could possibly be, mm-hmm. but it works in that universe. And nothing it doesn't stand out where I'm just like, oh, that can't work because they set the whole thing up to be that way. It's just with batman with with this road of like let's make it more realistic to me it and this is me thinking way out and I'll, I'll stop but it starts to put batman into this box of like it has to obey the laws of realism and so now i'm thinking like so in this batman universe we're never going to get a guy with a freeze gun like that's just not going to happen um we're probably not going to fight a, a clay face monster um we're not going to fight a, a poison ivy lady like it's just like because now we're going to try and backtrack is this batman going to fight Mm-hmm. dark side one day it's just weird so i don't know i think the more you try to take it serious yes it can look cool but i think it kind of makes it into like all right now we're segmenting batman off again like the nolan one like that batman was not allowed to play with anybody else anymore like mm-hmm. he's his own mm-hmm. batman mm-hmm. so can we talk about the Catwoman since she was a major part of this movie yeah no, no. Halle Berry. Physically unattractive. <laughs> <laughs> Just disgusting. That she was wonderful. I I thought the whole how she was portrayed, the setup, the character, I thought it was smart. I thought it was smart. Um I thought it worked, yeah. I feel like she didn't need to be as prominent in this movie. I feel like we could have cut the runtime with editing out some of her story, but that's just me. I really enjoyed the Catwoman. I actually enjoyed her fight scenes more than I enjoyed Batman's fight scenes. I was more impressed by her choreography than I was by Batman's choreography. Whenever she started kicking people, I was like, ooh, how'd she do that? <laughs> like it was it was like Trinity, it was like Trinity S to me. Like it reminded mm-hmm. me of Trinity in the Matrix. And honestly, I, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm disagreeing with you here, Mia, but I would have honestly preferred that they broke it out and they had almost did it like Tim Burton where they had like Catwoman and Penguin and almost just kind of remade, you know, another, a, a more modern, you know, take on those characters with Robert Pattinson and have Riddler have his own movie. Because I I don't think they did them, I I almost, I felt like, and I feel like Marcus was kind of alluding to this, but I kind of felt like they wasted Riddler in this movie. And that's probably gonna really upset BJ, but (laughs) I felt like Riddler was wasted. 
I, I didn't think that he was iconic. I, I thought the Riddler aspect really, and this is why I really felt BJ was going to love this movie because he, even when we were in Justice League, he was talking about he really wanted to see the detective Batman. And yes. I was really looking forward to seeing them going at it almost on this intellectual level where it was like so much problem solving, so much critical thinking. Maybe it was going to be a little more laxed on the action. And we know Robert Patterson looks like a shrimp, so he doesn't look like nearly as physically imposing as Ben Affleck. So it's not going to be, you know, that type of a movie. So we're going to spend a lot of time with cerebral, you know, Batman. And I didn't think we got that. And maybe we didn't get it because we were wasting so much time on the love story, you know, with Robert Pattinson and uh, Kravitz. Um, I, I feel like they need, it needs to be either or, because I thought she would have done a fantastic job. Michelle Pfeiffer is my number one in terms of Catwoman. I love her performance. I feel like Zoe could have done, you know, pretty much just as well if she had been given that shot or it had been written that way. So, um, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> When's the last time you seen Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman? It doesn't matter. If I saw it when I was five years old, it was so iconic and so well done. That's that's all I needed to see for the rest of my life because she did such a good job. BJ, do you want this smoke right now? She was licked to life by cats. That was your problem with that movie. <laughs> that was that was your problem with that movie. What what like? I'm just saying, you you can't Zoe Kravitz. You know, oh, oof. Michelle Pfeiffer was licked to life by cats, and that's what make her cats woman. And then she goes into her apartment and like I can sew now. It's tomfoolery at best. So. So, again, we're talking about a man that walks around in a bat suit. I don't want to hear criticism about the realism of any type of comic book movie. I just don't. Because, especially with DC, because they don't make any sense. They just, they're not designed to make sense. If, if you want to wake her, if you want to turn her into Catwoman by her drinking a cup of milk, I don't care. I don't care. Honestly, radioactive milk. Could, could have turned her into Catwoman. But see, and I would be upset if you got mad at me about that, BJ, because we're in La La Land. This is a fairy tale land. This stuff doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's not a valid argument. But it can make sense. That's what I'm saying. Catwoman is a cat burglar. That's the, the it's, the joke is right there. It's, it's, a, it's a very obvious pun. She doesn't need to be licked by anybody <laughs> to be Catwoman. She could lick herself for all that matters. She's a cat burglar. That like we don't we don't need to see her come back to life and say meow. It just doesn't have to happen. She like wears tactical black and she sneaks into buildings. And she steals like a cat burglar. She said she had nine lives. So she played that cat. She played the little cat game at she, the end. She did not meow. She said meow. <laughs> I like 
how Zoe Kravitz's Catwoman came across as more or less a pretty normal person contrasted against Bruce Wayne's crazy. Bruce Wayne's intensely focused, um, kind of like not like kind of out there, socially unaware, like doesn't really care, even even is even just like ready to die at any moment. Mm-hmm. But here she comes, she's just like a normal person. And so it was nice to, to have that interaction. This is like, oh, mm-hmm. because it, it made his character more extreme. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I like I like their, their, they didn't have chemistry, but I don't think they needed it because they both had their, they both had strong reasons for doing what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things I love about the film for sure is I felt like all the characters, we knew what they were doing and why they're doing it. And like, even down to like Penguin, it wasn't just, you know, I think the easy, the easy point of, of drama that you could have had from Penguin is secretly the whole time he wants to take Falcone out. But he's, he was actually a loyal dude. He's happy to be in the position he's in. And the only time he got mad at Falcone is when he broke the run rule, right? Which they established earlier in the film. Don't call me a rat. You know what Falcone would do if he heard that you're calling me a rat? But when Falcone turns out to be the rat, that's when Penguin is so angry, whatever. But like, I feel like all the characters were so well-placed as either mirrors or contrast to the Batman character because you you are seeing this this young man who you know threw away his whole life because he didn't deal with his grief and now he has this Batman project year two and like um, he's a nocturnal animal he says but clearly he doesn't go out and enjoy the nightlife right like one of the things I love going back to this Selena Kyle uh, point he knew what the iceberg lounge was and as a billionaire he should know what the 44 below was but he he is so even she was surprised. She's just like, it's the club in the club. Like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. You're over here sneaking around watching things, but you can't even, you don't even know the depths of Gotham yet. Like, I don't know. I felt like all those contrasts, I think, really boosted up like some of the, the dramatic choices that the characters were making. What was in this movie, um, and maybe this kind of goes off of Brad's point with the iconic. What was like the iconic moment in this movie that made you go like, oh, wow, this is Batman or like, oh, because I, I feel like I watched it the second time and it was nothing that I was just like, yo, this was like if I were to be like, oh, turn this movie on this scene right here is fire. And just like for context, I remember watching the the Dark Knight and I'm not the biggest fan of the Dark Knight, but I will say like that the whole chase with the motorcycle that comes out and flips the truck while the Joker's standing in the street, like, hit me, I want you to do it, I want you to do it. You're just like, oh, like that is a Dark Knight moment, right? You you talk about that movie besides, and there's a lot of scenes like that, even the opening scene with the bank robbery, all those things. This movie, what would you say is that? Like, what part of the movie is like, oh, I'll go first. Robert Pattinson's messy eyeshadow. <laughs> most iconic part of this movie i think i think the obvious answer um the one that takes film serious um Mm -hmm. 
I think it's I think it's uh, Paul Dano saying Bruce Wayne in such a weird way. Like I oh, think that interrogation, that part, that, that final okay. scene, because it wasn't even an interrogation, right? Oh, like, yeah. Normally, when you get that setting, yeah, let's get information out of each other. But this was like Paul Dano thought, like finally I get to talk to my friend face to face, which I think, I think is so iconic because it is the theme of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Is who's the vengeance here? Who's right and who's wrong? So I think similarly, like the Dark Knight, that scene is so iconic. The opening bank and the and the scene in the street is so iconic because it's really a Joker movie, right? So here, this scene it really glories in. Look how cool and creepy Joker is. But like, I think that scene with Bruce, like when Paul Dano and Batman are talking, he's like Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, because I think it it highlights that this film is really about Batman, Bruce Wayne. He doesn't know who he is and what he is yet. And I think that's what makes it so beautiful as a Batman movie. It doesn't rely on other characters coming in and, and doing the work for him. Like, I feel like Paul Dano, his Riddler, that performance was so integral to this film because he was kind of doing the same thing as Batman. So you can understand he was confused. I don't know. I just, uh, that's what I'm BJ, I take all art seriously. You don't have the answers, BJ. <laughs> So um, I, I don't know like what the most iconic scene is, but the thing that stands out to me to answer that question is his stride. So when he, when they, when the first scene that he's in, he's coming out of the shadows with, mm. you can, first, you, first you hear his footsteps and then you, you see him. And then even the scene where um, he, he chases down Penguin and comes out of the fire you know he's got this this fire behind him the silhouette you I like see that. that that stride and then i what i what i really liked about that is that there's a scene where he's just bruce wayne in his mansion and he's just like contemplating but as he's walking he has the same stride so he's not like putting it on that's just how he walks you know so I, so yeah that i feel like that's what sticks out to me um for me i think the scene moment for this movie that sticks out the most is when Batman escapes the police pre- uh, precinct and bites it after jumping off of the roof <laughs> and hitting the bus. <laughs> he hit everything. <laughs> oh, so, so going back to why he has a cape, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why. So he has that, he has that building escape route because I think he does something with his cape and it becomes like a... Like a glider thing. A glider, yeah. Lions grow. Marcus put it <laughs> the flying squirrel that's interesting I I'm trying to think of what I thought was like stand out to me in this one I'm pretty sure I think the penguin the penguin chase sequence when he walks to the car afterwards was tight for some reason I thought it was goofy when he looked into the car like I thought it was really cool up until the point where he leans over and it's like hmm? <laughs> and I was like I don't like this <laughs> <laughs> like the whole walk up to it was very intimidating until he like peeked in like it's me batman it's like yeah you've been chasing me the whole time i know it's you um but going back to so one scene it's not iconic but it kind of goes to this part of like batman doing something really silly for the sake of the movie i guess so in that scene before the police station one you're at the funeral the da comes in and he's like got this bomb around his collar 
and he picks up the phone and Batman's in there kind of doing this quiz with him. And there's this timer, right, going off the entire time. And the timer is very visible to Batman, like the entire time. It's just on his neck counting down. And they're going back and forth. And I was like, Batman, I know you see this timer. And he's watching this timer go down and somehow still manages to stand there and get exploded in the face. And I hated it because I was like, do something, Mr. Batman. I don't get it. Like you either do the cape thing or you block the fire or something or you move, you take a few steps back. It, it was weird to me. It was a weird moment. And what made it worse was they had an opportunity to basically demask him mm -hmm. at that point. And it didn't happen because I think he woke up, I guess, all of a sudden, conveniently. After they moved him to the police station. I don't know. I mean, Gordon I, was there to protect. One of my biggest issues with this film was Batman was not impressive to me. Bruce Wayne was not impressive to me. Like, he just, he wasn't. He was maybe a good street brawler with a lot of money. But the riddles that he solved to me weren't very oh, difficult. stop it. They were difficult. And he <laughs> stood in front of a bomb and let it explode in his face. What Batman like, has impressed you? Well, first of all, I saw Ben Affleck punch a man into the floor. That was impressive. <laughs> Touche. Okay, so I retract my question. So, um, speaking to that scene with the bomb, the collar, the neck collar bomb. So, okay, so to me, what that said was he 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 needs to know so badly the answer he needs to know who the rat is he was going to stand there and like i was saying he's ready he's ready to die at any point he's like he, he's not somebody who's like worried about self-preservation he literally will sacrifice his life to save the city and he's like he just in that moment he just needs to know he's not going anywhere until he finds out last second he's able he's able to block it but um your question was, what was impressive? Oh, you, you mentioned how uh, the riddles he's the riddles he solved like weren't that hard. But if you notice, he solves them immediately. I hate really... that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so some he solves immediately. Some it takes time, but the whole time he's like figuring stuff out, and he, you know, eventually, you know, figures it out. You know, he, he and and then he remembers things that were from past riddles so he's putting it all together the whole time you know why did you hate it mia like can i even first the audio at home like can i even hear what the riddle didn't was know the riddle I can't even, <laughs> like well cinema doesn't need a a, a theater so <laughs> but no like he was saying it before the sentence was even the riddle was even done being said like he was like what what is blind, what is poet, justice. And I'm like, come on now. Like, let, let it linger a little bit. Let me see the wheels turning since you're such a detective. But like, I think, man wanted to participate. <laughs> but I think that's kind of part of the thing is like, I think, I think there's kind of like this question of like, how different are, is Riddler and Batman? Because this dude was thinking like the dude the whole time. Like when he when he gets the the code that says drive, 
and he knows he needs to find a car like and he finds you know the the thing in the tire this dude knew exactly what was going to happen for the next three steps because he's already thinking like a psychopath and i think that's kind of part of the thing is like i think riddler peep game too right he's been watching batman through the news whatever and at the end he says i know who you are because we're both fight like they're both crazy people and i think that was the beauty of him understanding the riddler for most of it right because they're kind of they're speaking the same language but then at the very end we realize like he's still not as smart as the riddler which was you know heartbreaking for riddler of course but like yeah i thought because you know i've watched it five times and there's certain things i didn't pick up until like the third fourth fifth time like the when he figures out he pulls the thing out the tire. He knows immediately to look in the car for a USB port. And we, with human beings, regular people that don't have USB ports in our car, like, why would there be a USB port in the car? We're still stuck on that point. But he already knows there's a thumb drive in there. And he knows there's going to be a thumb attached to it. Like, he's ready to go because maybe he would do something similar. I don't know. I thought, I thought the fact that he knew those answers before normal people could pick up on them tells me he probably hasn't spent a day trying to figure out how to ask a girl on a date. <laughs> Those days that I spent trying to figure out how to pick up women, he was trying to figure out how do crazy people think. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's kind of part of that beauty. Like, nigga, go to Bloodhaven with this chick. What are you doing? Why would you not? Her things were thanging the whole time. Like, why? what are you doing, bro? <laughs> and even he knew, he's looking in that rear view. He's just like, dang. I bet that joint is nice, but he's crazy. He's a crazy person. He watches Mindhunter on repeat. He listens to crime podcasts. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like all of that was there and I, I loved him for it. One and I would have stayed, I would have stayed and bit his little bat boy. I was waiting for it to get weird. Yeah, it just <laughs> it was like, oh, he made two concise of a point. So like <laughs> that, that was it's not quite weird enough. Like what But BJ didn't disappoint because he doesn't disappoint. And he, he doesn't. Him. He doesn't know how to disappoint. <laughs> right. So one thing that you mentioned that um I think was was a good point to bring up was the relationship between Batman and the Riddler. Because, like, as he's discovering things, you, you're kind of realizing that the Riddler is fighting corruption. Uh-huh. So it's, it's almost like this moral ambiguity that's happening, which I think kind of adds to the, the whole dynamic between the two, which, you know, comes to a head and, and, and you know, they, they finally meet in, in the prison. But I, I like that aspect of it. It's like, it's not just he's solving riddles, you know, because there's a crazy riddler it's like there's something happening that involves everyone and they're kind of figuring it out together in a sense i'll piggyback real quick and throw some praises to the movie and to, to yannick and bj one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is the interrogation scene between riddler and batman I thought that, first of all, overall, I thought the acting in this movie was very good. Part of why I think this was a very good movie, not necessarily a great Batman movie, but I thought the acting was very solid. And I love that scene. I felt like it was very true to the characters. I I thought it was very, um, 
it, it was it was exciting to see that that moment. Do we have any favorite Batmans? Are any of us here ready for that? The favorite Batman question. I think mine is the same as Marcus. Who's yours? Keaton. Yeah, Michael Keaton. That's my guy. Why? Can I ask why? Um, I felt like Michael Keaton played a really good balance between the two, bat like Batman and Bruce Wayne. Um, and I think his Bruce Wayne was slightly odd. Like he was still the playboy that everybody saw, but he was awkward. Like he was still kind of odd. So he wasn't as like weird as Robert Pattinson, but he wasn't Christian Bale where he was basically Tony Stark. Like he would go to a party and he would miss social cues and people would be like, oh, Bruce Wayne. He'd just kind of be like, and walk away. And I just thought he played a really interesting Bruce Wayne. I thought his Batman was cool. Just because that was like the first live Batman that I saw that wasn't like Adam West. And so I was like, ooh, this is great. And he was kind of violent and that print soundtrack was busting the entire movie. I thought him versus the Joker, Jack Nicholson was cool. And to me, it was back when I was watching like cartoons that felt like, if you take a cartoon and you make it into a movie, it kept all of that. I was like, this is exactly it. So he's always been that. He was like the animated series as a person to me. Who you got? I concur. <laughs> Yours is Ben Affleck. Brad, yours is Ben Affleck. Um, oh, um, you know, I like... I like a lot of things um, from the different from from the different ones that we've seen. I think, and the thing about Affleck, he was kind of a an older Batman, so it's kind of harder for me to compare them. Um, and I don't think because he wasn't really in his own single film. He was all in ensemble films. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard for me to really judge him. Um, but I, I love a lot of things about that Batman. I think um, I was never a huge fan of Christian Bale's Batman, um, but he just, he did a phenomenal job though. So it's hard for me to fault the guy. Like I, 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 so I, I tend to lean towards Keaton. I tend to lean, lean towards Keaton. I saw those movies a very long time ago when I was a kid and I haven't seen them since. So it's hard for me to, to compare them to the more recent Batman films. But of the more recent ones, I would say this one is probably my favorite just, just because of, like I was saying, like it felt real. Like mm -hmm. it felt like, like I was saying before, like if, if Batman was real, this would probably make the most sense in how he would be. Yeah, definitely this one was my favorite too. Like, I, I do understand and have a certain respect for Ma Michael Keaton's Batman, but I've definitely been waiting for a Batman, a smart Batman for a long time. So I think, you know, so the cartoon, Batman animated series was a kind of like a loose reboot from Batman 89. And that one definitely had a smarter Batman. Obviously there's ninja elements and all that other stuff, but he definitely was like a good detective. And I think I always connected with that as much as I do love Bat uh, Ninja Batman too. I think that's super dope, but I do feel like the smartness of Batman has always kind of been missing 
And again, Seven being one of my favorite films, watching this dude like solve these crimes and like realizing like when you go back, like the clues were all there on screen. So it kind of works as a noir that way too. But yeah, this is definitely um, my favorite. So it's interesting that so some of the parts that I like with this one, like I like the mystery aspect to it. I like that they're trying to solve things. I felt that the movie ended for me when he caught the Riddler the first time. And then for some reason, there felt like there was an additional 40 minutes that didn't tie into anything else for me when he caught him. And he was just like, hey, I left these bombs all around the city. And then it turned into like just a regular Batman situation. And I was like, ah, <laughs> wait, what? And then they did like this real quick when they're in the when they're in his apartment, and they're like, oh yeah, he has like three hundred followers or something. And they just kind of mentioned it real quick so that now they can set up this. Oh, he's got these guys that dress like him, and now they're going to shoot innocent people with the thing and whatever. And so, to me, the theme got really messy because they were like, well, we have to make sure everybody knows that the Riddler is a bad guy, because I think going back to what you said, Yannick, where he was basically batman right he just kind of took it to the next level and kind of got rid of people which is what batman said he wouldn't do but then it was just like now we got to kill the mayor now we got to flood the city now we got to do mustache twirling evil for the last 30 minutes because batman's got to punch things and i was like ah, okay and i think he he solved the mystery because that cop was there and helped him solve the mystery which to me makes it not a smart batman at the end because he's like looking at this tool and the random cop's like, hey, uh, is that that carpet tucker? And Batman's like, excuse me? I guess because he's <laughs> guess because he's rich, he has no idea what he's talking about. And he's like, yeah, uh, working class people use that for labor. And he's just like, <laughs> labor, you say? Mm. And then there's like this whole map underneath the carpet. But like when I watched it the first time, I was like, oh, cool, action, explosions, Batman missed the clue. But it just seemed very shoehorned in because they needed something else to happen. Like, they're like, oh, wait, we ended without like a final fight or something. And then he had to fight people. And I don't know. It just, it was weird to me. It took a turn where it's like, we have to turn it back into a Batman movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I definitely. I had heard that this, with the early edits of the film, the studio was like, yeah, we need more action. <laughs> and so when I watched it, I definitely noticed it. And uh, I don't know, it's still, to me, it's it still made sense. Like it still worked in my mind. Mm -hmm. um, because I think, I don't know, I think there's also other examples of like when a studio stepped in and said, we need X, Y, and Z and it didn't really work, right? Suicide Squad, uh, Joe Sweden's uh, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. Um, <laughs> And so to see that he so gracefully was able to make better movies than anything Brad likes um, with those notes worked really well. I'm just, are we towards the end of the movie? I'm just, I'm just, I've, <laughs> I've given BJ enough smoke. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, how the, how the movie closed and, um, and I'm gonna float above whatever that was that BJ just <laughs> said to me. I don't, I mean, I don't know. So. Yeah, I think we're basically at the end. I don't know, we 
we kind of went past a couple parts that um like there was one scene i think with alfred being exploded mm. oh yeah um, yeah, yeah oh my gosh that <laughs> <laughs> you have thoughts yeah i do have thoughts yeah. i actually do have thoughts about that um you know part of the reason why i wasn't really rocking with the movie the way i felt like i i expected to was because <clears throat> i feel like we didn't get the delivery of Batman that we needed to get. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit in terms of IQ and in terms of walking through bullets and stuff like that. But when I contrast the Batman we got from Nolan and Batman Begins to this like emo, emotionally conflicted Batman Nolan to me got Batman. He understood Batman. He understood Batman's villains. Um, I think Reeves understands the villains, but maybe not Batman as much. And one of the most clear indications of that was the fact that Batman was holding hands with Alfred in the hospital. Like you're already skinnier than you probably should be as Batman. And now you're holding hands in the hospital, like with another grown man, like not you're not robbing, you're not Nightwing, toughen up. You're not a fan of positive male influences in a grown up. man's life. No, no, don't make, don't make it something that is not BJ Taylor. I'm just asking. Don't make it something that it's not. I'm just asking. What I'm talking about here is who Bruce Wayne is. There's absolutely nothing wrong with you being a sensitive guy. I'm not going to come down on you, BJ Taylor, if you want to hold hands with Yannick because you just went through a traumatic experience. You're both, both men in my eyes. That doesn't change who you are to me. If that's who you are, that's who you are. But that's not Batman. That's not Batman, BJ. You don't have the answers, BJ. You don't have the answers. Just with that scene before that, I thought it was really funny that the old lady picked up the phone with no concern in her voice and was just like, <laughs> oh no, you missed it. He got blown up, Master Wayne. And I was just like, damn it, Grace. <laughs> Dolores. <laughs> she was just like, oh no, it already happened, Master Wayne. And I was like, why are you picking up the phone? And why are you just chilling? Also, I... I assume she didn't know he was Batman, which is kind of weird as well. But I guess she didn't talk to him like she knew he was Batman. But I just thought it was a funny scene that was unintentionally funny to me because she's like, oh, no, it happened. And they pan out like the office. They pan out and the cops are there like sweeping up stuff. And I was like, why would she? Why would you do that? Um, but yeah. So I just unearned a little bit for me with that sequence. Like I just thought. They, the payoff was like, oh, Alfred and him are really close, but this movie didn't show that yet. Cut. Um, I just want to point out that you guys spent way too long on that point and totally skipped over the scene where Falcone basically sexualized his daughter, uh, the Catwoman. That was weird to me yeah that was a lot she, weirder than any holding hands like he that, swore he, that he knew who she was right but then she told him who she was at the end 
but then he kind of knew. <laughs> I don't know. I was kind of, I, yeah, I didn't get it. I think, I think it was a tactic she used. So yeah, I think it's definitely like, I think it showed how desperate she was for revenge. Cause also think about it. Like how, what's a better way to get revenge? She sees this dude, how he lives. She grew up as a kid in the back room with these women. He knows who this man is. So it's like, if I'm going to get close enough to kill this man, I know what I have to do. I know how close I have to get. I don't think they made it explicit what has happened or hasn't happened, right? Which I think- No, 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 no. I'm I'm fine with, with, I'm fine, sorry to cut you off, but I'm fine with, with her tactic of getting close and going in to talk to him. What I'm upset about is that he was all like, oh, come here, baby girl, um, all of this. And so then when she reveals like, I'm your daughter, he's like, duh, I knew that. And I was like, uh, the vibe you were giving off. I think it was much more, no, I remember her. You remember the mom, right? And then when she was like, yeah, I'm her daughter, he's like, oh shit. Like, I feel like if maybe if you watched it in the theater and maybe you could have heard it better, <laughs> you would have gotten the response of like, he was confused. So yeah, it was definitely weird, but I don't think I don't think he was on some incest because he was trying to kill her almost immediately. <laughs> like, he, was, he was quick to strike. He was just like, you know what? You can't live anymore. And he used those old strangly hands of his. Strangling. He loves to strangle that guy. No, so I, it definitely was weird, but like, I don't think he was privy to any sort of incest. Cause he, yeah, I don't think so. We've used the term incest too many times on this show just now. And now I have to put E for explicit on it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's head to the end of the movie. Cause Brad, you said you had some thoughts there. Um, yeah, let's head to the end, the ending. What'd you what'd you find wrong with this? You didn't appreciate Batman peak Batmanness. Yeah, so I think <clears throat> I wasn't crazy about I wasn't crazy about <laughs> Batman. So he grabs like the flare, right? And he's guiding the people out of the watery floodage that has happened in Gotham, okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Following you. I want to make a comment about that. And I don't want people to misinterpret what I'm saying. I believe in servant leadership. I believe that our first responders are our true heroes. And in that moment, he looks like a first responder to me. But again, back to who Batman is and and demonstrating an understanding of who Batman is. We don't need to see Batman leading a group of people out of floodwaters. That's not why I came to the theater to watch Batman. I came to watch Batman do extraordinary things, unrealistic things. That's very realistic. You know, it's like, It's like a CEO scrubbing a toilet with a toothbrush. It's not a bad thing. I actually love it. Serving leadership. Do I want to see it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. If he does that, great. I love that he does that. But no, bro. No, bro. Tell me how the company is performing. That's why I'm here as a shareholder. That's what I'm paying you for. 
I'm not paying you to clean toilets, okay? I, I didn't I didn't buy this ticket to watch you lead a group of people out of some deep water. No, thank you, Batman. I don't, I don't think I don't think Brad wants to tax the rich. Wow, he keeps putting words in my mouth. Wow, and he's trying to make this political, Marcus. <laughs> and and you know I came in here with a certain type of energy, and I will I will grant that I came in here you know, almost ready to play the heel, you know? But now it feels like it's getting into personal territory. Uh-oh. And, and I'm not gonna go there with you, BJ. I'm not gonna go there with you. Again, like I said, I'm gonna take the high ground, okay? And speaking of high ground, speaking of high ground, I wanna talk a little bit and I wanna shut up. This is my last point about the, about the end. Batman is carrying the little girl in broad daylight, I think to like a helicopter bed or something like that. Again, an adult woman. Again, this is a beautiful thing. This is maybe it was an adult woman, you know, okay. He's, this is a beautiful thing. You know, I get it. You know, he cares about this person. But at the end of the day, this is the broader point. Batman is not about salvation. That's not who Batman is. That's Superman. Metropolis is the city of salvation. Metropolis is the place where people wake up in the morning and they're excited about their life and they're not afraid because they realize that if something bad happens, a meteorite is ready to hit the city. Superman is going to come and save the day. Okay? Batman's not that. Batman is more like the Avengers in the sense where he knows he can't save the city, but he's going to avenge it. The people who wake up in Gotham City aren't waking up because they love living in Gotham City. What gets them out of bed is the belief that the criminals are just as afraid as the citizens are. That's what keeps them going. So for you to spend that last montage trying to show me Spider-Man or Superman, he's leading people out of deep water, he's picking up hurt women and carrying them. You should have shown me more punching people in the face. That's what I came to the theater for. Okay. Now, somebody who again understood this was Nolan. He understood this. He understood that we don't need a hero that's in the business of saving. That's not who Batman is. Batman is the guy who's willing to be the bad guy. Um, (laughs) But I digress. That's all I have to say. I want to thank you guys for having me. Uh, <laughs> it's been a blast, like I said. I've been on here. You cannot with wrap up the show. Guys that I went to school with. And I have enjoyed every last bit. I don't spend enough time with you guys. And um, um, I want to thank you so much. That is, that is the first time a guest has signed off. <laughs>
<laughs> mid thought. It's like, thanks for having me. This has been a better movie, maybe. <laughs> it's time for everything, baby. Oh man. Oh. Shoot. Uh, that's that's kind of the end of it. They had the little was the scene with the Riddler and the Joker before this or after this? After. Or after not the Joker. I thought that scene was kind of shoehorned in and I hated it. I didn't need it. Like I didn't need it. And Mia, I don't know if you've seen the deleted scene. They had a deleted yeah. scene where they actually have the Joker. I'm glad they deleted that. But yeah. I think it takes away from the movie when you start adding that. And that's what I thought the ending did. You know, you have all of this stuff happen. We're at a conclusion. And they're just like, how about a sequel? <laughs> and I was like, nah, come on. Come on, guys. I don't need this right now. Yeah, I agree. How about a friend or whatever he said? And I was like, nah, this is dumb. Just go off. Yeah, um, that was reminiscent of the ven- of Venom when you see Harry. Woody Harrelson. Yeah. At the end. <laughs> so yeah. It was just like we were no. done. We were good. I didn't need the setup. I was three hours. I'm satisfied. Let's just go. Um, because then they still had the the thing where Batman and Catwoman kind of went their separate direction. Which was more important for sure. Yeah, like that makes sense to the yeah. whole arc of the movie. Um, but that's kind of Batman. Anything else that we miss any? I know we missed some stuff because this movie was mad long. Um I just want to add, I didn't like the penguin car chasing. So just throwing that out there. All right. This has been Better Movie Maybe. <laughs> Everybody wraps it up this week. <laughs> you didn't like that scene at all? Was it too dark? Not was even it too much, not, too much action and excitement for you. Was it? His car stalled at the beginning. And then half of the shots was of the wheel of the vehicle. Like, I'm like, I'm not even seeing where you're driving. What is the point of me watching this? I could make it out clearly. Thank you, BJ. Um, it just, it wasn't, it, I don't know. I guess I'm used to better car chases that this one didn't seem interesting to me. Need a little more Vin Diesel in it. Yeah, I think there's an entire franchise for people like you, Fast and Furious. You're right. I would have enjoyed that better than this movie. Ooh. His car was pretty cool, though. The Batmobile, I liked it. It was. I liked this one. It was like a little bit of a simpler design. Yeah. But with the, yeah, it was pretty dope. It like it made sense as a car that was souped up. I think that I never liked the Tumbler. Was that what it was called? The one in Nolan. Yeah. That was a oh, tank. No. I oh, hated that. The yeah. bad Tumbler. No. Like I thought the, the motorcycle that came out of it. I was like, that's cool. But the Tumbler mm-hmm. was gigantic. But yeah, this was, I thought this was a solid Batmobile. But dang, she hated that chase sequence. It was pretty short, too. Like, I think it goes back to the whole trailer. I think the whole chase sequence was in the trailer. Like, all the <laughs> cool parts of it. When yeah. you're like, I got you, I got you. And he comes through, and you're like, oh. And that was. And then, like, cool. a ramp just perfectly appears on, for him no. to be able to. <laughs> when the ramp <laughs> shows up, over. come on. You <laughs> wanted it. The ramp up auto. That's, what, that's like, how everybody it. drives. Do it. I see that he all yells the time. and he puts on the because the... <laughs> <laughs> he knew the because we've seen the shot in the trailer and then the explosion and then he killed that trucker. It was crazy. <laughs> Way to go, Batman! I did not believe that Penguin survived that wreck though. That was a nasty wreck, yeah. and he did not have not a cut, not a bruise, not a blemish. He was okay. very coherent because that that car flipped like. That was a nasty wreck. There's no way. Man, yeah, there was so much we didn't get to talk about. We didn't get to talk about Commissioner Gordon's performance. Oh, man. 
Yeah, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright Jeffrey killed Wright. it. I thought he was great. Solid, yeah. I thought he was great. Um, like I thought his interrogate him when he and Batman kind of teamed up on the penguin to get him to solve mm, that. That was very good riddle. And he was like, "What is this? Good cop, batshit crazy cop?" And I was like, "Clever, clever yeah, penguin." Yeah, yeah. And he's like, "You are a Lorata, a Lotta. That was a good one. That was a good one. So I think with the with the riddles, for me, I thought that the tension behind the riddles wasn't there because of how fast he solved it. Mm-hmm. So I know you were saying going along with like seven, seven had like this thing of solving it before the next thing happened, before they sure. found the next thing. Sure. It's kind of like pushing the plot along. This one was like Mia said, he would read the clue and then be like, he lies still. All right, next. And I was like, wouldn't it be crazy if like you had to solve the riddle before the next crime? And every time it happened, Riddler would be like, oh no, I already killed that guy. So, uh, or they would like fast forward and they'd be like, look at this picture of this guy with a rat ate his face or something. And you're like, oh, okay. So there was no chance of saving that at all. Like there was nothing. I don't know. It just felt like there was some tension that could have been there for solving the riddle as opposed to after a crime, you solve the riddle. Which yeah, because Batman didn't stop anything in this entire movie. I think <laughs> I think that also kind of gives you like the whole like the sense of like this dude is up against an insurmountable task where like he can't even really save people. And then they kind of established that in the opening monologue of like the city's too big, there's too much going on. So it's like he wasn't so much interested in stopping crime as he was like stopping the serial killer, you know. Mm-hmm. Which I actually really appreciated that. I appreciated that they didn't go 100% humorless in this movie. I don't think there was like laugh out loud moments, which was good, but they definitely had moments where you got some character beats or like even Batman trying to be funny when he was just like, you got a lot of cats. I was like, yeah, he's trying to, he's trying to flirt a little bit. I get it. He's weird. He doesn't know how to do it. And then she flirts back, right? She's like, I got a thing for strays. You know, okay, they got a thing. He for some reason that worked. It was a good line. Or when yeah. I think it was Gordon when he was like, You could have at least pulled your punch. And he's like, I did. And you're just like, <laughs> he didn't hit you as hard as he could have. You're just like, clever. But I think yeah, there was I a lot of good. there was a lot of good little like tributes, I thought too. Or like little kind of inside things, like when they tied up Penguin and they just drove and left him. He kind of had to waddle away. Yeah. Yeah. Or like there's certain shots of his mask that looked very uh Adam West-esque. Like like the way that the light highlighted, you kind of got like a sense of eyebrows. Um yeah, just kind of little things that I thought were nice little, nice little touches. So, and we can get ready to wrap it up. So one thing at the beginning, like I told you, I like that whole monologue. And I thought it was kind of weird because he said like, yo, this symbol is a warning, right? And everybody would kind of panic. Like the dude dropped his spray paint, got a little scared. The other guy robbed the grocery store, or convenience store. But the guys that were like beating up the dude after they got off the train, a fully six foot three Batman walked up to him. And the guy was like, who the hell is this guy supposed to be? And I was like, have you not? Is this your first day in Gotham, sir? Do you not see the light in the sky with the Batman? He has Joker painted on his face. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's just like, who are you supposed to be? I was like, what are we doing here? Because you can't say that, you know, he's intimidating people and this thing is this warning and nobody was scared. Like, I get that, yes, you're bad guys. You have to fight this dude. 
But the fact that you kind of like, who's, who's this guy supposed to be? Who's this idiot? And I was like, the Batman, sir? What What are you doing? <laughs> it was a setup. It was a setup for him to be like, I'm vengeance. Basically. <laughs> and so does no one call him Batman in this universe? <laughs> I don't We're think just, he... Uh... I don't think anybody called him Batman. I think Catwoman called him Batboy playing around. But everybody calls him vengeance or whatever the entire movie. Hmm. It's one of those realistic things where it's like, it's so realistic. You can't call a grown man Batman. <laughs> I think they called him. I think he mentioned something about Batman. I don't remember it. BJ would know. He's seen it enough. Stuff like that makes me feel like he didn't really want to make a Batman movie. Definitely wanted to make a good movie. Right. He wanted to make a good movie and have to have Batman. Which makes it the best Batman movie, so... Because I don't think anyone else was interested in a good film. I think they just wanted to like have something unrealistic, like bending the barrel of a rifle, or he doesn't move his neck ever, or you know, a cat can stick a needle in his side. This movie was like, ah, eh, we can be more realistic and not, not lick taking people. Back not to taking life. the bait. Not We're not going to lick bait. people back to life in a good film. I'm not taking the bait. Marcus said he's trying to wrap up. I'm being a respectful <laughs> guest, as I we're always gonna, am. We're not going to treat Penguin like some mutant baby. He's a human being. You didn't like that Oswald Cobblepot from back in the day? He came out with his little flippers. He had umbrella weapons. It's ridiculous. He had the actual Penguin armies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with with the rockets strapped they had to their rockets. back. The penguins had heat-seeking <laughs> missiles on the back. And he wrote a giant. He wrote a giant rubber ducky through the sewers. I remember as a as a young man, I said to myself, "This cinema, it is not." As a young man, you spoke that way. Excellent. You wore a monocle back then. (laughs) Mother. I was. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's rate let's rate this one. So let's rate 2022's The Batman. So here on Better Movie Maybe, uh, each reviewer gets to create a rating based on a scale of their own choosing. Uh, this can be anything and everything. Ultimately, we do this because ratings don't matter. You're allowed to enjoy what you want to enjoy, and you're allowed to like what you want to like. So except for Brad. <laughs> So what do you all rate 2022's The Batman? If you interrupt me during my rating speech, (laughs) I will rain fire down upon you and your household. Look upon me in fear. (laughs) Now, as we continue this segment, avert your gaze. (laughs) All right, what you guys got? On a scale of Matrix, I would rate this Matrix Revolution. Oh, Lord. Jesus. Oh, goodness. Testing me, Lord. Trying me in my home. Yeah, you are in that. <laughs> I feel like that rating was personally directed at someone. Which, that's that's another first. <laughs> going to rate this because I hate you just a little bit. Um, I'm going to rate this out of five. Uh, based on the Batmans that I like, I give this a, I give this a 
three and a half out of five Batmans. So that's three Michael Keatons and a Val Kilmer. Hmm. Val Kilmer was half a Batman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, Harvey, I'm Batman. I'm going to rate this a Batman riddle of what does Batman order from the deli? What? A got ham. I hate you. Because <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> mm. Wow. Yeah. I think that was... How do you feel about that one, BJ? I think it, it could have a... been in the movie. It was a little funny. <laughs> kind of funny. Yeah, they should have left that in the in the director's cut. The Godham cut. Every riddle's exactly the same. I solved it before. It's Godham. <laughs> Try again. You tell me. You tell me. <laughs> My favorite line in the movie. That scene was a master class when they busted him and like slammed him against the they slammed him against the uh the <laughs> the counter and he was just like oh he uh, loved it making every face ever like it was he loved almost, to be cuffed <laughs> i must be bound i like to bind <laughs> <laughs> because who poured it <laughs> well no, i think he did that right he, he, he was like playing with it before they the came. Froth. oh with the question uh, mark I mean, he's clearly crazy. I guess he dabbles in the art of. It was a perfect question. So he must have practiced that for a long time, too. <laughs> I've thought it all out. <laughs> <laughs> no, this wasn't according to plan. I hated that scene, too, where he cut the electrical cord. And, like, they played it like it was this really epic moment. And then he got up right afterwards i was like <laughs> okay like he's like oh and he falls to his death then he just splashes up and i was like I thought he was sacrificing himself like i was yeah, like I oh they're too. taking a really crazy route of this being mm-hmm. the only batman film it was yeah, about to be really good it was about to be a great movie they should have milked it yeah i'll give you that they should have milked it like even like in the movie where like they actually think homie's dead, right? Yeah, that would be fine. Just give me like thirty seconds of pause. Like he basically landed on his feet after that. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, here's my flare, and uh, come on out, everyone. <laughs> I guess on a scale of Batman costumes, I'll rate this an Iron Bat. Iron Bat. Kind of look like the a mix between the the Arkham kind of costume and the Injustice costume, like it was like, yeah, that flexible yet like armored bleeding and stuff. Like I mm-hmm. thought it was a good combination of the two. Um, yeah, I don't think I have a fun rating. I think this is the best superhero movie of all time. So. Ooh. I'm gonna have to stick with that the rating. Best. 
yeah, I think it's I think it's my favorite superhero movie. Brad, man, thank you for coming back. This was such a fun episode. Uh, we had a blast. So uh, before we go, man, we always like to ask people where they can be found. If you want people to to look you up, or if you're working on some stuff, this is shameless promote shameless promotion section. Don't find me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. Don't you have a book that could be plugged? Don't like, find let's get me. Some sales up. Don't find me. No. No. This is about better movie, maybe. This is yeah, this is not about me. Don't you have a business that's exploiting workers that you want to support? You know what? I'm gonna cede my time to BJ Taylor. Because I feel like he could use the self-promotion. Yes. All right. So with that, that's been 2022. <laughs> Smoke, smoke, smoke. Smoke. <laughs> man, once again, for real, Brad, thanks for coming out, man. We had a, a great time. It's always good to have you on the show. We'll definitely have to have you back uh, when we get some. You let me know. You let me know when you want to come back because we're here. BJ's Absolutely. ready. We're gonna give we're gonna give him a little bit of time because we need to we need to mellow out a little bit and then we'll be back. Because by the end of this episode, y'all were, I was like, what is going on? Are they about to fight? <laughs> fight Absolute over pleasure. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. It was great, man. Um, Once again, that was 2022's The Batman, available now on HBO Max. So check it out. Um, And just some promotional stuff for us. Every Thursday on I, on Instagram, we announce the next movie. We do new movies. Are They release every Tuesday. Um, so make sure you come back for that. And if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, make sure you give us a good rating. Uh, give us those five stars. I think we've earned it. Uh, so do that. If you have ideas or suggestions for the show, definitely slide the DMs on Instagram as well and let us know. Until then, 